Welcome to episode 191 of the Pen Attic Podcast. Playing the role of Mike Hurley today, I'm Brad Dowdy, which you know me. Um, you know, I'm the Pen Attic guy, and you know, I, I talk a lot on this show, but our fearless leader is out sick all week. So I'm the host, and I actually have a special guest in here playing the talent, and she is awfully talented, and that's Miss Aziza Asgarali from Gourmet Pens. How are you, Aziza? Hello, I am great. And thank you for for joining me today in the east coast of the United States while you're over in Amsterdam, right? Yeah. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> or, or you're not actually in Amsterdam. You're in Holland, though, somewhere, right? I, I, I'm in Leiden, which is very close to Amsterdam. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's, all, that's one of the few close. places out of this country that I've been, and it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. So I'm quite jealous uh, that you've taken um, up residence over there. Well, you're always welcome to visit. <laughs> hey, I will take you up on that. We can we can go do some pen hunting and ink smearing. Oh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. And I want to. That's one of the things I really want to talk about today. Kind of, you know, you've lived in the U.S. Now you live in Europe, and I want to talk about some of those differences, like in the, you know, in the stationary worlds in these two places. And you know, are there big differences? No differences? Things like that. So we're going to get into that. Um, good you and I today. And um, first, I want to I want to knock out a little bit of follow up and get you involved in that, too. How's that sound? That sounds excellent. All right. So last week's show, Mike and I teased that we were going to launch our Kickstarter for the Atlanta Pin Show. Um, and that went mm-hmm. up and it went like super successful. We launched it on Friday. I think we were funded by Sunday morning, something like that. And as of today, with 22 days to go, we're at $10,469. So we appreciate all of y'all um, checking this project out and supporting what we do here at the Pin Addict and the Atlanta Pin Show, Aziza, we're going to have to get you over here one day because it's last year was our first year doing it, and it, I think, blew away everyone's expectations, even those who were able to attend and those who weren't able to attend watching the video, and it was just kind of cool. Um, so I want to make sure everyone knows that that project's live. If you haven't caught it on, you know, just, you know, in the general Twitter, Slack, wherever, or catch it on my blog. We do have that. We'll have the link in the show notes. If you uh, would consider backing us, it would be awesome. We appreciate the support to get it done. We're going to have some cool notebooks uh, for you guys and gals this year and the live video. And um, it every day we get closer to this, um, it gets bigger and bigger. So we'll have more news um, as things get close. Um so you bought like a hundred notebooks, right, Aziza? Yes. <laughs> well, well, you know, I just saw Star Wars and I realized that your the notebooks are BB-8 themed. Oh, they sure are. Which is epic. Man, maybe okay. Now that you said that, maybe I need like a little Easter egg uh, BB-8 in there because we talk about him or her. I guess he's a robot. We don't know what sex he actually is. But it's so cute. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, now now you've got my my brain working overtime already. What can I sneak into this notebook <laughs> that might be uh, might be a little uh, BB-8 theme? Because we got our little, our BB-8 uh, big pins, and uh, I know uh, Mike and I love those little things too. Yeah, so, so, cute. so one of the other things that I kind of got in trouble for last week, Aziza, our our listeners were giving me a hard time for letting everyone know that there was such a thing as a Tomoe River uh, reticle gridded notebook from our friends at Nanami Paper. Um, yes, they're like Brad. Why would you Why would you tell everyone that these notebooks exist? Because now they're going to go get them, and you're not going to get them again. I was like, yeah, exactly. I, I kind of forgot the first rule of Fight Club is what I said, didn't I? 
You should don't share it. <laughs> don't talk about it. <laughs> I went over there to look at them too, and I was like, "How can I buy all of these before everybody else gets them?" Right. I and so like, I was doing something Sunday night, and I get people were looking out for me, I guess, and my email started pinging, and Twitter started pinging like late Sunday evening. They're back up. They're back up online. They're back up. Go get them. I'm like, okay, I'll go get them now. So I got mine and Mike's. And uh, have you ever used? Do you use at all like a large bound Tomoe River paper book, or do you use sheets, or do you use Tomoe at all? Oh my goodness, do I? Do I ever? <laughs> I knew. Oh the, my goodness. I knew the answer, but I just. It's wondered. like a love affair with this paper. I don't. I know some people don't like it, mm-hmm. and I am not friends with those people. <laughs> um, but I I started out using the loose sheets, and because it's so it's so delicate, right? Mm-hmm. So that it's for me, I I felt like I needed something that was a little more secure to tote it around because I don't want to use anything else but this stuff. Right. So I actually um, I I just had a uh, paper cuts notebook, mm-hmm. yeah. which is very similar. Uh, which I actually saw on your site. Yeah, I have one of those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I've been using because it's uh, at least keeps the the cover or the paper is inside a little safer. Yeah, I it, like that. The thing that's nuts about this paper, not just from a performance perspective, that's why we love it so much, right? Because it's like with fountain pens and especially like with the the big, huge, wide flexi nibs that you're using all yeah. the time and teasing, teasing us all the time it's there's hardly anything better i don't i think it would, you would be hard pressed to find anything that shows off the ink more but you know we were we were stuck with sheets for years right yeah. loose sheets no binding whatever so getting them in a format where it's bound and you know you look at these notebooks and they look about the size of like a standard moleskine or loich term or something like that Except for the fact it's 480 pages. Yeah, exactly. You think, oh, I'll go through that in a month. (laughs) But, you know, so much paper. Yeah, it it totally confuses me. And um, I don't know what to do with this book, but um, we're going to find out awfully soon. Because I kind of have an ink testing book that I don't really, like, share. It just kind of lays on my desk and I kind of use it for everything. You know, not notes, not any tasks to do's but just kind of like my mess notebook and i'm trying to see maybe i'll use that i don't know i'm gonna have to find a use Wait, to you only got one i got i did and so when i opened the box this morning i immediately regretted that decision so oh i goodness. i ordered two which is one for me and one for mike which he's gonna pick when he comes to atlanta um and it's i didn't think about it at the time when i ordered them and as soon as I opened the box, they just came in last night, and I opened it this morning, and I was like, "What are you doing? You only ordered one, and that's <laughs> that's like the 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 conversation that we talked about. You know, one is none. You know, two is one, one is none, right? Exactly. Oh, I failed myself. You need backups for your backups. Yes, I do. And do do you do that as well? Are you like, I, if I find I am, one I thing, you know, I'm gonna at least get three, right? Yeah, definitely. Not with everything, only with things that are worth having backups. Mm backup like yeah. you should just tell mike that he's got lost <laughs> i guess I mean, he's gonna listen to this at some point so that's not gonna work anymore yeah maybe i'll play that like he was sick and on on medication when he actually told me to buy him one um there you so go. i will say yeah i think you were delusional when that happened so yeah i've got two and they're both mine so i don't know yeah, what you're, you're gonna do out for him you're sol brother yeah <laughs> oh, they're so they're so gorgeous yeah i uh yeah the ideal notebook they i 
that's what's scary. I think they might, they might be. <laughs> it is scary. It might be the, the end of the search. Right. Right. I mean, I've been wait, I've been holding out for the for some type of grid, and this is you know essentially the re- the reticle grid. They're so small; it's essentially a dot grid. Um, and uh, gosh, I and I the color, I the better. color of the of the little points. Yeah. It's so it's so good. The blue's I mean, great. It's not just gray or or like a dark gray. Right. It's blue. It's just ideal. It is. It's really oh. really great. Really great. Something else that is great that's going on right now, and we talked about it last week, is Rimo. Um, do you participate in the letter writing month of February? I try. I. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like it me. Is, I, it I is don't tough. even know if I go. I don't even know if I'd go that far. <laughs> I think if I just waited until the end of the month and waited till I received all of my letters, <laughs> I could easily do like several years of Rimo and just replying to all of them. Right. Which which is great, except I can't do it all in one day. Yeah. So, but it, I, uh, I'm not sure. It's awesome that it's underway. I'm awesome and happy to be on the receiving end of so many cool it's letters. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun that people love sending snail mail, and yeah. that we will we will all basically look for any excuse to use our pen. That's exactly right. And this and is like it. one of the coolest ways. You know what I got this year so far that I've never received before is, and since we've been talking about the whole adult coloring thing, I got mm-hmm. one of those uh, postcards with the adult coloring pattern on the on the outside where they the person who sent it to me colored the whole thing. I need to put that up on Instagram because it came out really cool. I actually, it was so good. I thought it was like a printed postcard, you know, of like flowers and stuff. And then when That's I flipped crazy. it over, I was like, wait a minute, you know, he colored this whole thing in. I was like blown away. That was really cool. And that shows you not only did they take the time to think of you to send something, but they've actually taken the time to create this thing for you. Yeah. Which is, it's very thoughtful. It's a very thoughtful movement, I think. I think so, too. And, um, you know, I wish I could commit to a letter a day, but, oh, boy, I I don't know. I I can barely commit to waking up in the morning some days, so (laughs) that's a lot. I agree. I agree. (laughs) It's like, oh, can I wear pajamas all day? I cannot commit to wearing regular clothes. You know what? I was close to wearing pajamas for this podcast today. I'm not going to lie to you. I've had a busy morning, but, uh, you know, I got myself together. (laughs) Oh, well. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to judge. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, in the Slack channel on Incorimo, I did get a letter uh, or an email um, last week after we mentioned that, and we had a, a great listener whose father, um, you know, is is going through some tough times. You know, up in age, he's a former veteran, um, seen a lot of things, been through a lot of things, and she thought it'd be a great idea if we could uh, get some letters into his hands. So if you're in the Slack channel. Um, check out the Rimo list. There is his address and his story um, about it. So I thought that was really, really a uh, cool thing to do. And I know a bunch of people have jumped on that. So thank you all for doing that. That's awesome. And I mean, even if you can't do the entire month, if you're going to write one letter, that might be the one to do. Absolutely. Scratch me off your list. I, yeah. I would rather like every letter go to, uh, I think his name's George. And uh, he would, I, I think it would be pretty awesome to uh, to load up his mailbox with that. So, and if anyone who's, you know, wants his address and is participating in Inco Writer Mode, you know how to get in touch with me. And uh, I'll be happy to share it. And we'll get a bunch of letters out to him uh, this month. I think it would be cool. It's also his birthday this month on the 22nd. So there's all kinds of good reasons to, Double to, whammy. to write him a letter. Yeah. Definitely. So it was great. Um, one of our friends, friend of the show, Matthew Morse, did a post last week on why the Lamy 2000 is my EDC pen. And I thought this was Mm -hmm. interesting for a lot of reasons. One of the things you do, Aziza, which I, like my favorite thing that you do, because you do it rarely, 
is post like your carry stuff, right? You like, I do. like yeah, Instagram yeah. and your blog posts and things like that. Yeah, like you're super well known for like these crazy inks, crazy nibs, awesome handwriting. And then every now and then you'll sneak something in. Like, you know, I've gone out to somewhere and this is what I brought with me. I'm like, this is cool. This is what I want to see. You know, Ah, Uh, it's like such a surprise when I see that from you. I like eat it up. And uh, I was wondering what kind of everyday carry you have. Like if you're going out and about or going somewhere, you know, in particular, just write. Say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go somewhere and write today. What kind of things are you taking with you? I this is really embarrassing. I do take a ballpoint. Yeah, that's not embarrassing at all. This is kind. Of, this is, honestly, this is kind of why I asked the question because I've seen what you carry, and you like have a lot of gel ink pens, ballpoint pens, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I I have to take a ballpoint because you know sometimes you just need one. I mean, if you have to write at a on an uneven surface, and you, mm-hmm. sometimes a fountain pen, of course, is just not ideal for that. Mm-hmm. So I usually carry my um, uh, Keras Customs hot pink bowl. Yeah. Uh, because okay. I have and one of those. I, you can't beat that thing. I love that thing. And and if you're bored, playing with the mechanism is fun. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's a it's a toy and a pen. Right. And um, I also carry my uh, my Render K, the, the first, I, I'm pretty sure it was their first Kickstarter, which was the um, aluminum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I keep a Pilot high-tech C refill in there. Yep. Point four. Yeah. Because it's kind of, it's not too thin, not too broad. Yep. Right now, it's like this cherry pink. Nice. Early, but and then you know you got to do that. Well, those and those, then, uh, those inks, they, their gel inks are just so good in that. Yeah, and the, the colors are nice. The colors are great. They also smell really good. Yeah, that's probably weird. But. No, we're gonna talk about your weirdness later. <laughs> oh, awesome! I look forward to this. <laughs> and uh, and for fountain pens, I usually carry um, usually between four and six. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I have <laughs> this is embarrassing. They're all black when I go out mm-hmm. because because of the nibs, not so much because of the colors. Um, I have two that are heavy but thin, so those are my Namiki Yukaris, and they have just um, medium nibs, so mm-hmm. pretty much something you can use anywhere all the time. Not really long drying times, but pleasant nibs. And uh, then I carry. Um, a Mont Blanc 146 with a oblique double broad, so that's mm. kind of like one of the fun nibs. Yeah, and uh, and then a fine nib on also a Mont Blanc. Not not because I'm a Mont Blanc lover or anything, just mm-hmm. because the nib works for me. Yeah, and um, I now carry my um, Sailor King of Pen, which has one of those King Eagle nibs. Yeah, and and that's that one's just for playing with basically because. Clearly, I I cannot write characters or anything, so that one is just kind of like, oh, I think I can pretend I can draw, and so I play (laughs) around with it, and within like half a page, the entire converter is drained. Yeah. So those are are the ones I typically carry around regularly, and then the last slot I leave open, so if I have a pen to review, I carry that one around with me, and um, that one gets the, the major testing. Yeah, yeah. What kind of what kind of paper are you taking to to leave the house with? Recently, I've been using that um, paper cuts notebook okay. with the Tomori River, and and I also take uh, field notes everywhere because I use my ballpoints and gel pens, right. in that. and sometimes fountain pens because sometimes they work in the paper. Like I don't know, sometimes they feather, but some of them seem to be less feathery than others. 
yep i yep. don't know but um i i take an excess of pens paper uh, pencil cases i bring paper clips with me and like a midori traveler's notebook which i do not need to carry all the stuff with me but i do anyway <laughs> i know that that's all of our problems right i don't need to carry all this i don't need to own all this but that's kind of what we do it's kind of our problem I mean, right exactly and i stand there with a really heavy bag before i'm leaving and i like i, I think to myself i know full well i'm not going to use any of this stuff because i don't have time on this particular mission mm-hmm. but i take it all with me yeah because i'm nuts so yeah, and I actually, I want to elaborate on that, on the the notebook usage situation kind of related to Mike's, um, Mike's story last week. I want to touch on that just a little bit. But before we do, I want to talk about our first sponsor, and that's our good friends at Squarespace. Start building your website today at Squarespace. Um, you enter the offer code INC for at checkout to get 10% off setting up your Squarespace blog. They do an awesome job. They give you a place online um, to write your blog. Uh, put up a retail shop, Do put all the power in your hands, take away the pain points. There's no nothing you have to worry about, about hosting, scaling your website, you know, prepping for huge traffic spikes, um, you know, like when Aziza comes on your podcast and your traffic goes through the roof, um, you know, we're not going to crash and burn, you know, when you're hosted by Squarespace. If you need any help, they're there to help you all the time. They have uh, professionally designed you know templates there's no coding required you can get in at a beginner skill level to use this um if if i can do it uh y'all can do it but you know they're just a a really really awesome uh hosting partner and they have 24 7 support you can get it around the world new york dublin portland they're always there they have a commerce platform which you can anyone can add a store to their squarespace site which i'm about to do for pin addict um they have a cover page um, template where if you just want a place where people can go find you online and find out how to connect with you, you can put up these um, little great cover pages and everything's up and available and fast. And if you want to take it even further, they have a dev platform that's out now um, that's in beta for everyone to take advantage of, adding even more functionality to the platform to take your Squarespace site further than even ever before. If you sign up for a year, you also get a free domain name allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called. Any people email me all the time, Aziza, and they probably do you too. Um, you know, how do I get started in pin blogging? Well, there's all kinds of things you can and you should do. Just you know, write and write and write. But I always tell everyone, get your own domain name. You know, that's a that's a big thing, and it's so cheap, and you always have that name there, and um, it's it's flexible as you need it to be. So. Start your trial today with no credit card required and start building your website. When you sign up and you like Squarespace after that trial, make sure you use the offer code and get 10% off your first purchase and that supports the pen addict. Um, thanks Squarespace for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, you should. So that's their new tagline. Um, they're getting ready to come out with a big Super Bowl ad this weekend, which I haven't seen yet, but I think it's kind of uh, hitting across the internet. So I'll have to check that out and y'all should check that out too. So, Mike, last week, we wrapped up the show with a dilemma, and we'll cover this more when Mike gets back for sure, because he is running into being overwhelmed, especially when it comes to paper and actually using the things. Do you have specific, one, do you have this problem where you have so much unused stuff, it's kind of overwhelming, and two, how do you kind of work through that flow of kind of making sure you're, you're actually using the products you're buying. Yeah, it's um, 
it is tough and i think i think when we all start exploring the stationary world we kind of go a little nuts mm-hmm. and uh in a good way but you know this this um uh, it's this tendency to think that we have to get everything and of course i i suffer from this still mm-hmm. but you know and multiples of everything and then you know a year later you're sitting there like in a room full of 10,000 notebooks and you're like what am i going to do with all these <laughs> And I, I still have that, but what I've really had to do is is kind of stop myself and think, okay, am I just, do I want this notebook just because it's pretty mm-hmm. or because I actually need it? And if I think I need it, what am I going to use it for? So it's been a very conscious choice to rein in my purchases on notebooks, but also disposable pens, so gel pens, mm-hmm. ballpoints. Otherwise, it all just, it just builds up. Right, right. And, you know, I feel weird talking about this, you know, a couple, you know, sentences after I said, oh, I didn't buy enough Tomoe River notebooks. <laughs> but it's 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 the, there's still a way to, you know, have all the cool things you like, but make sure you use them. And we had a couple of blog posts that we'll link into the show notes um, from uh, uh, Junie at Alt Haven and from Mr. Edgerton that, that actually wrote directly to Mike on their blogs. And I came up with one thing that I'm going to tell Mike next week, and it's something that I might try to do myself if Mike's worried about not using, you know, his paper and pens. He's on Twitter all day, and I know people have done this with text messages messages where they'll they'll actually handwrite the text message and Mm -hmm. photograph it and send it. He needs to do one tweet a day in a pen and paper that he hasn't used in a long time. Just one tweet a a day. You know, he's on Twitter all the time. Um, write that tweet in the notebook with a cool pen, take a picture of it and let that be your tweet. Do that once a day and you will find yourself wanting to use your pens and paper even more. You know, maybe you start doing it more, maybe you use it for other things. Maybe now all of a sudden your notes are getting captured in that notebook that you just wrote that tweet down. It's kind of like a, we all go through these ups and downs. Sometimes I look at like my stationary closet and I'm like, what have you done? (laughs) What? What? What is going on? Ink and paper, especially. Like, I'm okay on pens. Like, I have more than enough pens to, you know, keep, you know, an entire city going for a lifetime. I don't get overwhelmed with my pens. I get overwhelmed with paper and ink. Um, So finding a way to use those things in different ways than use them um, during the day, um, I think... uh, I think it's something, uh, you know, maybe you can try. And we'll explore that more for sure. You know, what I, what I found the best way for me to go through paper and inks and use all my pens that have special nibs mm-hmm. is to practice handwriting and calligraphy. Yeah. Because that burns through ink, especially if you're bad at it. Like when I first started, I was just atrocious. So I just burn through paper and ink like crazy. That's awesome. I think that's probably at the top of the list of things I say I'm going to do and never do is is to just ah. sit down and practice my handwriting. Yeah. Right. It's, it's tough. It's tough. But that could be you could just force yourself to participate in all sorts of crazy challenges. Like this year, every month, I'm going to use up a notebook on just handwriting practice or calligraphy practice. Yeah. And if you don't, then you have to, you know, come up with some kind of thing to punish yourself. I yeah. have to give away my pen, my favorite pen to someone. Right. Yeah. Then I've, you'll I've definitely seen, do it. Yeah. I've seen people do that. You know, they'll commit and 
I'll they publicly track it, and if and when they fail, and hopefully they don't, there is a penalty to that, and yeah. that means they give away, you know, whatever whatever it is they're working on. You know, they're a photographer, give away their camera. Ooh, that would be rough. Give, 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 give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> are you You'll my, help them. Are you saying my photography is bad, Aziza? No, definitely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I mean, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> no, no, right? I'll take it. Yeah. Fail, fail, fail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. All right. I, so, I go to paper like that really fast. Yeah, that's a great idea. I that's I mean seriously, that's like the thing that's always in my head. Like, sit down and practice your handwriting, and I never do it. And there's nothing that I tell myself more than that, and and continue to fail to do it. So maybe maybe I'm the one that needs to uh, put myself uh, to the task and um and and commit to that type of usage. That's that's something to think about for me. I'm gonna write that down. I like that. I like that. And you can publicly commit to it. I, I, and uh, there's a penalty if you fail. I like it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun to do it that way. All right. So let's talk about you. That's that's why I have you here. You know, you fell you fell in uh, into the role of uh, of um, of co-host today accidentally. But we really wanted to have you on to talk about you. And... I could do both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to do both because th- this is the first time we've had you on and it's been way overdue. And we've talked about it last year and, you know, just my schedules, whatever podcasting schedules, it just gets pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally, um, finally got you on here. And I want to talk about gourmet pens and Aziza and how this whole blogging thing started and, and, you know, kind of how you got the bug to write and put it online and talk about all these pens and paper and inks and stuff. So how, how did gourmet pens begin? I, um, well, I, I've always been interested in stationery when I was younger. I would go to Walmart and browse the stationery aisle because that was what was exciting for me. Mm-hmm. And we've all been there, and we still do that sometimes. And um, I remember thinking when I, started, when I was getting older, I was like, you know, I mean, these pens are fun. And I would always see like my friends just writing with like the most generic pen. They're like, oh, yeah, I got this at a hotel or something. Mm. You know, pens that they have just nicked from somewhere (laughs) and i was like no no i want to use gourmet pens like classy Mm. pens and so i uh i mean that's where the name came from was that gourmet pens not just like a generic ballpoint that Mm -hmm. you can just you know that people just throw out because it's not interesting or something it's the it's the interesting pens the exciting pens the ones that we seek generally i started out with um gel pens and nice looking ballpoints like the unique ones and um and of course once you start doing that it just morphs into fountain pens no matter what you do (laughs) because they are the most gourmet of all of them right i tried to hold off on that but i failed too no and it's good that you failed of course right (laughs) Right. this is the one thing you want to fail at absolutely i think so it's it's been a long time coming and then at some point i thought i'm gonna start a blog and I don't know. I don't know why I did this because I think in I, I think I started in 2010, mm-hmm. July 2010 or so. And uh, when I started, I mean there were not that many pen blogs around. Right. And so I don't know what I was really thinking, <laughs> except for okay, this seems like fun. And I didn't really know you know how to do it. But I mean, you just kind of dive in and adjust as you continue and get feedback and find out what you like to do and and it's been a very interesting outstanding unique journey 
in a good way, of course. But, yeah, um, yeah, and that's for sure. I mean, I I remember reading you. I think like right when you came out, and I was like, wow, she is really like into this stuff. Like you could tell. Like <laughs> yeah. there there is no doubt that you are in deep. Like immediately from right right when you started writing, and yeah. you know how do you how do you think you've changed like over the years? Cause like you said, this has been, we're going on six years now almost. And you're one of the most popular bloggers in the community. And how do you, do you, how do you think it's kind of changed from like when you started doing it to now, how do you think your styles change? How do you think your likes and tastes have changed, you know, over these several years? In a way, it's kind of scary to analyze that because <laughs> I, I used to think to myself, wow, $5 gel pen. That's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and then of course you start exploring fountain pens. And I remember buying my first Lamy All-Star and I was like, "Oh my god, $40. What am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I would never spend $100 on a fountain pen." I was like, "That is crazy." And of course, there are many people who do not wish to do that and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that I'm not. So mm-hmm. th- that it's been a it's I found it's been a very slippery slope. Mm-hmm. But in a in a fun way and for me, writing and reading, and although I cannot draw, I like to stand. I can draw. <laughs> um, that is, for me, this is my my really only hobby, my only passion mm-hmm. that I really spend a lot on. So I try to justify it in that way. Right. I find that as time goes on, I have spent a scary amount on stationery, and I try not to quantified ever mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna talk about some specifics here at the end that i've got oh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna drop on you oh it's gonna be disturbing i'm sure <laughs> very exciting but disturbing i i find that i hoard less which is great mm-hmm. uh, i remember when i first started i would just kind of buy any pen that i saw that i had not used before or had not seen before because it was just something different but as my as i learned what i liked and um I learned what kind of inks I like to use, and this is going to sound really weird, but like what kind of ballpoint ink smells I like. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I, I, I narrowed my focus, and I've done the same with fountain pens, although unfortunately my focus, which I suspect is what we are going to discuss at some point, <laughs> is shiny and expensive, <laughs> but I, uh, I have a hard time justifying it, but I'm like, you know, what, what can you do? Right, right. I mean, I... I think we've kind of all gone through a little bit of that transition where you kind of start small. You're trying everything under the sun. Like if it's new, it's coming to the house. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that stops and you kind of narrow the focus a little bit more, except there's like these different price brackets that start happening. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you're like, what? Like, what? what? Yeah. No. <laughs> instead of buying gel refills, now I'm buying bottles of ink. Yeah. <laughs> and then it but gets But I do think crazy. that exploration phase is, is very important. Right. I, I think without that, uh, you, you wouldn't realize what you like. You wouldn't be able to find out what you like. And I think it's like the same as if, if you're is your hobby of cooking. I mean, you, you try everything and you see right. what kind of foods you like. And, and so I try to, I try to convince myself that this was necessary. <laughs> well, one of the things that all of your followers and all of your readers and everyone who loves uh, checking out gourmet pins knows that you're into is like calligraphy, flex nibs, 
you know, wonderful handwriting, big, I call them, I call them like, like show off inks, you know, like samples, just these big, cool, you can see all the ink properties and all the, the, how the nibs work. And how did you figure out that like, you know, you, you hadn't always been into like this flex style of writing and these calligraphy styles and these huge nibs and fancy inks. How did that kind of happen? When did you decide that, wow, that's kind of my thing? I think this starts with the fact that I'm quite vain and I like pretty, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like shiny things. I like pretty things and I don't really, I don't really know how to explain that in any other way. And that's, I think that is the reason I was gravitating towards like prettiness. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you're right. I didn't start, start it with uh, flex writing. I just, I I started with um, regular fountain pens and regular handwriting and at some point, I received um, my first flex pen was a Waterman 52V, mm. and uh, it has a wet noodle on it. Mm-hmm. And I had never used a flex pen before. And the the gentleman that I had gotten it from was um, he restores vintage pens and he sells them. And he said, "Well, you know, be careful with this because unless you know how to write with a, a flex nib, it could be a disaster." Mm. And I have very few talents or skills. And I think the only thing that I actually knew how to do, like, innately was how to write with a flex nib. And it just made sense to me. Like, yeah. you, you apply pressure on the downstroke and not on the upstroke and what angle to hold the pen at and what it could do if you put it with, the, combine it with the right inks. Mm-hmm. So it just clicked. And when that happened, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, for me, that was the, the turning point, like the ultimate moment that I realized, oh, my goodness, flex pens. And... uh and ever since then, I've been exploring. I, I dare not call myself a calligrapher because mm-hmm. I'm not formally trained, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not good. And I, I'm, I mean, I'm not like as good as a real calligrapher. So I, I just call it my cursive style of fancy handwriting. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been exploring these flex nibs and and discovering what inks look good and as as we like to call it you know what serious nibbage can do right it's it's been so much fun and combined with tomori river paper (laughs) i mean that's perfect it's perfect you cannot go wrong with that so if someone wanted to get started writing you know starting kind of mimicking your style i mean I i think that's the best way of like trying to figure out you know practicing handwriting is find someone's styles you like and mimic it and i'm not saying they should mimic yours you know everyone has a different like i don't have that innate flex writing style like you do where you can feel the ups and downs in the in the transitions how would you tell someone you know if they're wanting to get started to at least try this you know and you know flex is very interesting to a lot of people for a lot of reasons how do you how would you you know propose someone kind of get into this style I think the the most affordable and safest thing to start with would be dip nibs. Mm. And although um, they have a bit of a learning curve because, I mean, you have to understand what the dip nibs do, different dip nibs can do, and you have to clean them and prepare them. But, I mean, that's all very easy when you compare it to something like, uh, you know, if you have a flex pen and you have to tweak it and get it ready to write. Mm. Um, beca- and also the... Uh, the investment, the financial investment is not as great with a dip nib as if you're looking at something like a vintage flex pen or even a modern flex pen because the, neither of those are really inexpensive. Right. So if you can't get to a pen show and try out some inexpensive vintage flex pens, which do exist, I would say the best thing is to grab some dip nibs and um, you can you can get some ink, 
pick a either have a look at like Instagram or like social media and see like you said see someone's handwriting that you like and just kind of see if you can mimic it or find a formal calligraphy style like copper plate there's there's tons of calligraphy books out there <laughs> and and just go for it and see if if it appeals to you right and <laughs> and once you start getting that nib on the paper then you can kind of figure out well I can't really make these shapes but these shapes on this other style is kind of right right up my alley absolutely absolutely yeah so out of your i guess we'll call it a collection out of your your range of flex pens flex nibs what are your kind of go-to nibs you could be modern vintage what you know if you had a few favorites that you could never fathom not having what what are your go-to nibs and i would say my top ones would be waterman's they Mm -hmm. um i have two waterman music nibs Mm -hmm. and uh so those are three tined two slit nibs and they are flexible Mm, so they're not extra fine to begin with but they but because of course they have three tines they flex quite well so they give you a nice broad line and um i also have a uh i mean the body's vary the, yeah. the bodies that the pens come on so to me i don't really care about the body i just care about the nib um so i have um an ideal number two nib and it's fairly small but it's an extra fine and it flexes to a double or triple broad wow and it's it's just outstanding it, it boggles my mind that this was actually created and that it could still do this and i do know that at some point these nibs can wear out and uh, i know that th- some of them can have weaknesses so it's it's kind of scary to actually use them because I do worry that someday I won't have it anymore. But at the same time, I'm like, well, then there's no point in having it if I'm never going to use it. Right. So I just go for uh, currently I go for Waterman and the ones that I currently use are not that cheap. Sure. But um, you can certainly get inexpensive Watermans. Mm-hmm. If you go to a pen show and find a vintage seller, there are definitely ones you can get for like fifty dollars. Right. I mean, they're not going to be beautiful, but the nib is going to work. Right. I think that's most important. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why, like, the nibs that you like are so popular, um, it's no one can make a nib with that range these days. I mean, you're not, you can't go online and purchase a modern pen that's going to range from EF to double B. It, it's not going to happen pretty much, no, right? No, it's not. And I know there are, um, uh, their Omos makes their uh, extra fastidious yeah, nibs, yeah. and I mean they are very soft, but but they they don't snap back the same way that a vintage nib does. So mm-hmm. you have to be careful with those. And uh, but but you're right, they just don't have the the range of flex that these vintage nibs have. Which I think why that I think it was a really good point to mention the dip nibs because you can kind of get a really good range with these dip nibs for you know really inexpensively to at least test this stuff out to see if you like it i mean you can get some some wild variation you know on like a two or three dollar nib and a you know nib holder and some ink you know for for 15 bucks you're all in just on testing you know to see if this is something that you like exactly it's it's the most affordable way to, to test flex right Right. And it's fun. <laughs> Speaking of fun, if you're gonna if you're gonna have fun and you're going to, you know, sit there on a Saturday, you're gonna ink up your favorite nib, your favorite pen, and just kind of show off like what's your style and, and things like that. What ink are you throwing in there? What what inks show off the flex the best? 
I think the 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 overall answer to that is uh, the lighter the ink, not too light, but I think like a medium light ink, uh, it shows it off best because when it saturates, uh, the pooling kind of darkens the ink, so you get a, the best variation in shading. Mm-hmm. So I tend to lean towards inks like uh, the the Diamine Autumn Oak, um, Oma Sepia, um, the the Ackermann's Hofquartier Hun. Mm-hmm. Which that is my absolute favorite green. Yeah. I think that is just it's just stellar. I will agree with you on that. That's I have that actually inked up in a needle point in my show notes uh, right here. All the uh, Aziza Q and A's I have for later are in that exact ink. Oh, it's so good! And if you haven't tried it, you have to get some because it's it's outstanding and it's legible if you don't use it as a in a flex mm-hmm. pen. Or um, I also use I like turquoise inks because they they do the same thing, but. I tend to lean towards like Omas turquoise, which is a light turquoise and not a heavy green turquoise because yep. it shades better. And um, my my other favorite like weird yellow green is the Volver and Klingner. I cannot pronounce that. Mm-hmm. The uh, Alt Gold Grün. Yes. I think that's great. And for orange, of course, Apache Sunset. Yeah. Because that's that's just like the go-to for that. Yeah, that's that's spectacular. I, I love all those inks. And the one actually that surprised me the most out of that is actually the Omos Turquoise. I'm, I was ne- when I got into pens and inks, I was I kind of avoided the turquoise because I thought they were too light. But I just found the ink properties and shading of turquoises to be fantastic. And the Omos is one I haven't reviewed yet, but I have sitting here and was just really pleasantly surprised with not just the shading but how it behaved and it's just great all around ink yeah it's beautiful that one yep yep really like it well i think that's a good start on on getting getting going with calligraphy and flex and it's going to come down to practice i mean even if you don't have the nibs and you don't have the inks and you can still get in there and write a page of a's you know find a style you like pick out an a um from that style and just go to town, you know, and it takes a while. That's how I learned like my drafting style handwriting was just literally sitting at a table with a legal pad and doing the letters over and over until that muscle memory hit. And it yeah. takes, it takes a long time, <laughs> you know, it, it's tedious when yeah. you first start because you're like, okay, I, I'm, this is terrible. But at some point you'll just, you'll just hit that point where you're, you start remembering it. And it's so, it's so satisfying. It's so good. It's so worth it. Yep. Yep. I love it. Well, we got a lot more to talk about, but I want to talk about our next sponsor, which is our good friends at Harry's. Shaving is expensive. It's annoying. I hate it. We all hate it. There's no redeeming values with shaving except when you can use awesome products like from Harry's. You know, going to the drugstore and buying all those expensive blades is it's just annoying and frustrating. And when you can get a great product like Harry's, who makes their own blades. They're German-engineered, five-blade cartridges. They own the factory that these blades come from. It's a close, clean shave. There's no cuts, no razor burn. They guarantee their quality. They'll refund you if you're not happy. They've got over 1 million people so far that have switched over to Harry's, and you guys and gals should be one of them. I, I love the products. If you've listened to me ramble on about Harry's, you know I'm a huge, huge Harry's fan. And on average... An everyday shaver saves $150 a year on blades alone just using Harry's. They ship them to your door. It's free shipping. Um, you can get started for just $15 with a razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three blades. It's 
really, really good. Their products are really well made. From when I started using Harry's, I'm still using the same razor handle, this orange one that I that I got um, the very first time I've used it. I, it's no worse from wear. It works perfectly. Um, you know, I change the blades out, you know, really not that frequently. The blades are super durable, hold up well, give me a clean shave. I love I love the scent of their shave gel and their shave lotion. And I am just really, a really, truly happy customer of Harry. So it's time to stop overpaying for razors and blades. Go to harrys.com. Harry's will give you five off, $5 off if you type in the coupon code PINADDICT on your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. Enter the code name PINADDICT at checkout for $5 off. And our thanks to Harry's for supporting this show and Relay FM. All right, Aziza, I want to get into something um, that we don't talk about a lot on this show and actually have never talked about, but I think it's an important uh, topic to bring up, and I think you're the right person to discuss this, and that's harassment online for some of us in the PIN community. You know, I, I praise this community left and right, and I know you do too, and I know everyone does, because it's a legitimately awesome community. But yeah. you... And more than anyone, in my opinion, has run into some real challenges with online harassment in the form of YouTube comments, Reddit threads, you know, just making really nonsensical, unimportant, you know, issues that they may have to the forefront and just kind of railing on this. I want, if you can take a minute and talk about like what you've experienced and, you know, the things that have gone on that have really kind of pushed you to the edge. You've talked about quitting doing this before, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's very odd. I mean, I know when you put yourself out there that you do open yourself up to a public forum Mm -hmm. and of course people have every right to an opinion, but I mean, this is the most, I mean, I, I grew up with the, you know, the, the teaching of if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Right. And of course, there is, there's a difference between constructive criticism and just, you know, not constructive criticism. Right. And I, I don't know how I started coming across this stuff, but I mean, at some point, um, I, I was never really on YouTube. I, I used to just do my blog and, mm-hmm. and since um, Stephen and I started doing the serious nibbage series mm-hmm. which is just those joint videos uh apparently that just triggered something horrible in everyone or mm-hmm. who who's in involved in in all this harassment because it uh it it's caused so much consternation i mean mm-hmm. i would get these emails and then we would get these horrible youtube comments and 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 um reddit threads oh my gosh reddit <laughs> i <laughs> I I do not I, I at some point I decided okay I I need to stop I used to look at the forums just because I thought it was interesting there were interesting articles mm-hmm. um, I used to share some of my stuff there I had done um, this um, it was kind of like a a review of five or six music nibs and I was so excited to share it on Reddit mm-hmm. and I was so proud of it and so I shared it there and I was really excited and people were really nice at first. And then several months later, I end up there, I stumble across this, this thread about, uh, it was kind of about the, Stephen and I, and then mm-hmm. it kind of separated into what people hate about us individually. And then people start po- taking pictures from my Instagram that I have, like, selfies of myself mm-hmm. and posting it in there. 
and it was just it's so odd i it's such a i felt so violated and i was like what i mean i know people don't have to like me and that's fine but i also find it so baffling that people would hate someone so much they feel the need to go through all of this yeah the need to directly attack someone for their sex or their race and these ridiculous comments and pointing out why you don't believe you know they should be writing pen reviews or you feel the need to make fun of them for some random thing is the most asinine thing not only you see i see this a lot in the tech community we talk about that on a lot of other relay shows but to see that creep up in like the most benign areas like pens and ink exactly it's ex- pens and ink. extraordinarily frustrating i don't understand why this has to happen and i feel like terrible for like you and steven for having to put up with this and you know i don't have an answer to to solve it other than to know that the community as a whole is really good and has each other's backs and supportive of each other but i'm embarrassed that you know you have had to go through this and it's frustrating and that's for me to say that is nothing you're the one that's actually had to live through it right yeah and i mean i'm i'm really not the kind of person that like talks about my feelings online except Mm -hmm. for when this happens and there have been times like i have gotten emails where usually males have described me like oh you're repulsive you know Mm -hmm. you should not be with steven and like all sorts of really insulting things and i i'm assuming and i probably shouldn't assume but i get the feeling it's because i'm a female mm-hmm. and maybe because i am not what they are expecting in the pen yep. community i'm young i'm a female i am a minority mm-hmm. so maybe they're like what is happening here like who is this and it, it's it, it almost broke my heart though because i'm like yeah but i've been here since for years i mean <sighs> i've been doing this for years i I have every right to be in this community as anyone else does because, I mean, I, I contribute to it. I, I help people. I spend hours and hours a week answering questions and, and giving guidance, like people asking, like, questions about, you know, where can they get flex pens or right. how to write. So I try to give back so much. And, of course, I, uh, I, I, w- I was just – I was shocked. And I was like, I, I cannot believe that this is actually happening right. over pens. I mean, this is not like – world peace discussions or something this is pens it's supposed to be fun right all right and i mean it 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 was hurtful to to see you go through that and you know i wish i could do more and i'll have to think about how you know i can do more to to point these things out in these you know things that happen um to you and others and you know myself from time to time you know but gosh I, i i would never compare myself to you know the things that you you've gone through and i think you handled it pretty well in the fact that you know number one you let your feelings be known you know you didn't run from it and number two that you're still here and you're better than ever and you have the support full support of everyone in the community and you're just uh you know a beloved figure in the community and that's going to be bigger than any of these you know fools who who think they're you know accomplishing something by trying to hurt you so i just want you to know that well, I very much appreciate that. And I think I think that does help. I think having 
vented how I was feeling. I mean, there were really days that I was like, I can't take this anymore. I have to quit Mm -hmm. because I I can't take being harassed and insulted because I was like, I I really did not think I deserved it. And I don't really think anybody deserves any harassment regardless. But I... I, I I tried to step back and I tried to figure out ways to, to deal with it. I mean, there's only so much I can do and there's only so much I can avoid it. Mm-hmm. So I I do find that having vented and having people, like all the the great people, like the kind people, they have all rallied and they've been like, no, these people are nuts. Just mm-hmm. ignore this. I know it's hard and I know it's easy to say haters are going to hate and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the support from the good people has been... It's been really wonderful, and I think that's probably the only thing that kept me going. Well, good. So it is. It. it I try to learn from it as well. I try to think. Okay, you know, of course there are going to be people who don't like what I do, mm-hmm. or don't appreciate that I'm here, or involved in this. And I try to pick through the really weird things that they have said to pull out constructive criticism. And I have tried to modify my work to to fix it. So I right. hope that maybe somewhere they're like happier or something, but right, right. Yeah. Well, just know that we're all there for you. We're all, uh, we're all super supportive and, you know, hopefully this is going to die down and, and not become a thing. So, yeah, I hope so because it's tense. We're supposed to be I fun. Know. Right. And I'm glad you wanted yeah. to talk about this too. You know, it was something, you know, we, we you don't know it's not something you hear often in this community, but it's so prevalent in, in all areas of our life, even this community and everyone should be aware of these things going on. If they, if any listeners, uh, readers of our blogs have any comments on this and, and want to talk about it more, definitely, um, reach out to us and, uh, and let us know. Yeah. And thank you for you know providing us a forum for being able to do this because sure. it's, it's hard. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to make the worst segue ever. Are you ready? Absolutely. So we're going to go from like things that are like the worst thing ever to maybe the most awesome thing ever. And that's ink tasting. How did this happen? (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) yeah, I nearly choked there. Uh, Well, it was kind of an accident um, because, you know, sometimes pens do weird things and splatter ink on your face and your ears and you get it all over your hands. And somehow ink just ended up in my mouth. And I was like, what is that? And and it occurred to me, oh my goodness, there is an entire different profile of inks that we are all ignoring. <laughs> now, another one of my awesome skills is that I have an excellent sense of smell and taste. So yeah. I was like, I am not going to waste this. So I figured I would just sample the inks and, and see if different color, I mean, the dyes must taste different, the... Uh, the, the other additives that are put in there must change the flavors. And I was really surprised. Most inks are really salty oh. or rusty. And my favorite ink is Visconti Turquoise because it's sweet. That's amazing. I, it's very I, odd. I haven't gone there yet. And every time, every time I see you talking about it, I was like... <laughs> I need to probably do this. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just I, haven't brought myself to do it yet. I have been warned against doing it. I'm and, sure. Uh, apparently, it's really bad for inge- well, it's, ink is not safe to ingest. So yeah. So let's have our surgeon general's warning here. Yeah. Um, do not try this at home, please. Do not try I don't this want at home. your uh, medical bills from you chugging a bottle of ink. Please don't do that. It's it's not it's not all that wise, and um, I I uh, I have gone on hiatus after. Well, I love sailor ink. Like mm-hmm. absolutely love them to pieces, but I tasted. I think it was um, 
uh, one of the bunkbox inks with sapphire, and I I nearly uh-huh. choked to death because it was so bitter and acrid it like shut my throat up. So oh, that's bad. It's the sheen in it. The sheen. Yeah. The ones with sheen have serious acrid flavor. So I since then I was like, okay, well, in the interest of not dying, <laughs> I'm gonna go on an ink tasting hiatus. Yeah. And, uh, I miss it because it is interesting, but um, I do not miss having a burnt throat for you know several hours after oh my gosh that's terrible yeah so well good that's probably good that that that's retired but i guess, I guess related you know your, your sense of smell is really strong as well does your opinion change on an ink when you're using it because it smells better than another one does that is that a better ink for you to use i love i love like yeah. sailor is it has that uh, kind of like a wet paint smell yeah it's very strong I, I know lots of people hate it, but I, I'm crazy about it. And Noobler smells like Noobler's, mm-hmm. and I love that, too. And most inks just smell like nothing. I'm like, oh, so boring. Yeah, you could totally and, do a blind, like, oh, smell test, and you, you would get, like, 100%, right? Definitely. I, I do that with ballpoint inks, too. <laughs> it's really weird. It's I don't know. I wouldn't call it a, a talent because, well, no, it is a talent, but I wouldn't really call it a useful talent. Mm. It's uh, it's weird. I like, I like smelling things and paper and... Well, it's oh. it's it's all that that tactile thing that we like about. That's why we like stationery because it has all this tactile stuff that you're not getting when you're sitting in front of a computer. You know, we don't exercise yeah. exercise these things anymore like we used it to. It stimulates other senses, right? And it's, it's so it's so um, it's so satisfying in so many ways, and it's I really like it. I, I like sniffing my ink as I write. I sometimes lean over and sniff the page, and I'm like, okay, I'm in public. I shouldn't do this. <laughs> so <laughs> that's you know, don't do this in public. That's right. That's right, and and More don't fine. don't taste it at all. We'll we'll leave that. Uh, don't we'll taste leave that it. for the past. Yes, it is definitely a historic <laughs> thing, and um, that there it shall remain because nobody wants to die from yes. ingestion. Please don't. I don't want to read those obituaries from uh, anyone who listens to this show. Please. <laughs> <laughs> so huh. one of the other things I want to cover, which it just hit me, you know, um, well after I had started preparing for this show, is you've you've lived in a lot of different places and you know a lot of time in the u.s and now a good bit of time in europe mm-hmm. have you noticed like any stationary peculiarities that you know one region has as opposed to the other one i know that's just like a super broad general question but i got to thinking what kind of things do you notice in europe versus the u.s or vice versa from a stationary perspective well um one thing on a very broad note, is that there are a lot of stationery stores here, and um, like brick and mortar stores. Right. The really nice, specialized kind where they have you know like a new old stock pen that you've been looking for for 15 years and couldn't find, and they just have it sitting there and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, they haven't changed the price on it because they bought it 15 years ago, so it's dirt cheap and it has this unbelievable nib, and you're like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> so I mean, there, you find the gems because these stores still exist here and or, or they're easier to find um right that there's just so many of them I, I i i miss that about like i miss having that or i wish we could have that in north america because right but i guess it's just too big i mean the cities are too far apart right do you find it to be like a not that um it's not socially acceptable here but do you see it kind of mingled in through society more just stationary in general yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's I, I I can't put my finger on it. Like I can't explain exactly why. Maybe it's because 
it's in more in school still. Yeah. I uh, and also the older generation still engage in snail mail more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I, I think social media, I think your point. <laughs> yeah, I think your point about just the the proximity of the the cities and and things like that. I think it. it I think that's a good point that I I didn't really consider. Like, you know, probably you know historically a lot of these cities had you know writing centers that you know these people grew up with and they probably you know now you know it, it's not as prevalent as it used to be but there's still you know the small towns are probably going to have their their pen and ink and stationery shops right yeah yeah definitely and those are the ones that have have the good stuff, the hidden you know? gems yeah the, i i've picked up like sailor apricot in these places, I bought like three oh. bottles. I was like, oh. "I'll take your entire stock." Thank All right, you. you're gonna be banned. You're now banned from this show <laughs> because it's. I they just have these stores, and there's so many. There's also so many people. So I think I guess the the demand for these kinds of stores used to be higher mm-hmm. uh, in in closer proximity, and um, it, so in general, there are just more stores, and of course that means there's. Um, and then there's also that, I mean, Lamy is German, and, and there's Mont Blanc and, mm-hmm. and Pelican, and they're all fairly close. And then the Italian brands, they're all, they're, I guess the... And these are all, all historic brands that have been there for 100 years. So there's there's things that pop up, you know, yeah. that have been sitting there for 50 years that... Definitely. Oh, God. It's it's nice. And I think as the, the paper world grows and the stationary world evolves, this place is a little slower to catch up mm-hmm. and uh, like the new stuff like Tomore River is, is is really hard to get here unless you're importing it and of course super expensive sure, to do that sure. but, but the old stuff you, you can get like laid paper is really easy to get and, um, and and classic types of pens and inks but it's fun if you're looking for older stuff but if you were trying to keep up with the new stuff then you have to go to the new stores Gotcha. And the new stores are doing a good job of, of bringing this in. Fortunately, like they're they're, yeah. they're staying on top of things. But um, there's a good blend of the old stores and the new stores now. That's great. It's very nice. That's it's very, very nice. that's very yeah. cool. I, I I'm actually I'm I'm like super jealous. I mean, that's like it sounds like just an awesome, you know, environment to just to be in. You know, every now and then you might discover something that you know you don't you don't have that anymore. Like in the U.S., there is no discovery of those old things because yeah. it just flat out not an opportunity to exist. So <laughs> or they've been discovered already right. by everybody else. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's a lot. There's a lot left to be explored. Still. I have not yet seen all of the pen stores, so. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's it's awesome. Very exciting. Well, I want to talk about a purchase you recently made that um, oh, God. Ha- has blown my mind, but I want to talk about one of our favorite online stores first, and that's our, our good friends at Pen Chalet. So you guys you guys know Pen Chalet. They mm-hmm. sell wonderful pens, fountain pens, rollerballs, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, paper goods, wonderful brands like Monteverde, Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Caveco, everything. Authorized dealers. They have wonderful, wonderful, fast shipping, great customer service. Um, they run discounts um, twice a month, including closeout specials every two weeks. And they're always adding new stuff and getting new deals in for the pin community. They have free ship- shipping in the U.S. for orders over $50. They have international shipping with great, reasonable rates. Um, and they do something cool for the pin addict. If you go over to penchalet.com and type pin addict in the radio podcast button, uh, click that button, which is usually my task while Mike's reading this ad. So I'm going to do that now. 
let's see we're gonna type in pin addict and see what is new this week so you can only get your regular discount of 10% off you get an additional 10% off with pin addict uh, using the coupon pin addict and when you check out so the first thing that pops up is the platinum 3776 demonstrator the psi mm -hmm. and medium for and gold and medium and broad nibs for 121 dollars and 50 cents that's stupid that's just a really good price for an amazing pen i love platinum nibs what do you think about platinum nibs Aziza? i'm a huge those are, platinum nib those player. are outstanding pens yeah i it, think if you're looking for a pen in that like at that price that that is the pen yeah that's that's just uh a fantastic deal from Ron at Pen Chalet, and um, I, I don't expect this to last. I mean, it's essentially 50% off, and then 10 more percent off of that for Pen Addict listeners if you use the coupon code Pen Addict. So that's a that's a jump all over it deal. I would, except I already own this pen because it's that good. Um, and uh, I, I appreciate uh, Pen Chalet. So head over. Use the code PINAC, get 10% off on any order. Click the podcast link at the top of the page and go to town. So this is uh, this is a wonderful deal. So check that out. And thanks so much to Penchalace for sponsoring Relay FM and the Pen Addict. Man, that's a good deal. That's, that's superb. I just got a, one of the Bougainas from him. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. So I want to talk about another good deal you just got, and that's on the uh, Mont Blanc Moon Pearl Legrand fountain pen. That was a great deal, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> it was it was a great deal in that I, I paid a lot of money, and, and I'm so, I'm obsessed with it like, because it's shiny and – oh, gosh. So let me, let, me, let me set this up a little bit. So we'll link this into the show notes. Um, I have never seen this Mont Blanc before. I do not own a Mont Blanc, and I'm going to change that soon. But it's not going to be this one because this one's really expensive. But I've never seen this much silver, uh, platinum trim on a Mont Blanc that's come out so well. I don't, I, you know, I don't love the gold furniture on pins. I Some of it, I find some of it acceptable and I'll use it. This pin and the pin shape, especially of this pin is fascinating to me in that I think I would love it. And which is scary to read your review about this pin. So tell me how this pin yeah. came on your radar and the how you end up purchasing in this and now own this really I mean, legitimately amazing pen i mean there's some high-end pens that you know i dislike and you know are just too gaudy ugly this is a stunner and i would kill to have this pen in my collection so tell us about it it's very dangerous this is the problem with having all these stationary stores because <laughs> you know it's like okay i'll just hop on the train and like an hour later i'm walking into la couronne de Conte. And I was, okay, the actual reason I went there was to get a Platinum 3776. <laughs> and I was, so the problem was that he's like, okay, well, here you go. And I sat down, they're super friendly, and I was trying it out. And then I was looking at the his display case, and I was like, what is that pen? And it was the Mont Blanc. And it was sitting on this little, I think it's Rosewood, uh, the little display stand that it comes with. And it's just like glittering under the light. And I was like, okay, I just want to touch it. Just, just to see, you know, I have no interest in this pen. Yeah, that was I your first mistake. I will not purchase it. Yeah, yeah. Well, my first mistake was actually going there. <laughs> I just wanted to touch it. And he, you know, he brings it out. And, and I, I dipped it. And I tested it out. And it was insanely expensive. And I know it was crazy. And I did not buy it for, like, status. It's not because it's a Mont Blanc or something. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was just looking at it. And the... 
the mother of pearl, like it's like tahi- black Tahitian oyster, mm-hmm. and it has to be cut into strips, and it's just such a, it was so well made and so beautifully done, and like the way the cap closes so smoothly, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so, and then he's like, wait, let me show you the packaging. He brings out the box, and I hate packaging. Yeah, I'm I with am the you. kind Thank of person. You. Thank you for saying that. I just that. throw it out. I'm like, no, not worth it. Thank you for and saying that. I feel that. bad. Yeah, I feel like I'm on an island on that. I don't care about your packaging, people. Yeah, and I get mad when it's nice, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't want to keep it because it's it's not useful. So what they provide was uh, they have like this oyster themed um, stationery set, like correspondence cards a bottle of their oyster ink, and the little stand that it sits on. Hmm. So I was like, okay, this is actually useful packaging. So I can live with this. And I spent about two hours sitting there just like basically petting the pen. And, you know, he's, he's kind of watching me because he's like, mm, is it safe to leave her with this pen <laughs> while I tend to other customers? But I, I had no intention of buying it. And I, uh, I did leave with it. And then I came home and panicked and sold about 10 or 15 pens to actually pay for it. Mm. And the thing is, it was insane. And I know it was completely expensive. And I know it's it's a premium. I know I paid a crazy premium. But I used that one pen more than all of the 10 pens I sold combined. So for me, it was worth it. Yeah. So the snow cap on the, um, on the cap, that... Mother of Pearl. I, I've never seen one like that. Mont Blanc does lots of fancy pins, and I certainly haven't checked them out over the years. That looks as good as anything they've ever done, in my opinion. That it, it, it's, it's stunning. stunning. It really is. I, this whole pen, the way they put it together, for me, it really floats my boat. It's, <laughs> re- it's really, it was really well done, and and again, I really was attracted to it because it's pretty, and and that's stupid, but no. But That's it's just the way it it's is. not stupid because it's it's for you, right? I mean, it's it, for me. Yeah. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. Like I love, like I personally would not buy this pen. I, it it just doesn't seem like me. But what I see in this pen that fascinates me are things like the shape of this pen, the size, the platinum trim, the exquisite work done on this pen you know that this is just an amazing pen and i i've looked over this review of yours countless times because it's really a drool worthy pen whether you know you're ever going to own one or not just looking at the craftsmanship for something like this is what fascinates me the most and um you know if we ever meet in person and hopefully we will one day you better still have this pen and i better get to try it i I suspect this pen will be with me like going to the grave with me (laughs) i i think yeah yeah it's one of those kind of pens yeah it's really lovely yeah so to wrap this up i i asked a bunch of um listeners um what uh questions they had for you so you want to um you want to take on a few of these and uh i'll get you out of here yeah, absolutely. I love I love answering questions. These yeah, are so exciting. These and they, these are some pretty good ones too. And uh, you may have, you may have seen one, so you've 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 probably done a little bit of research on these. But um, I thought this first one I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and leave it the best one because I thought it was fantastic. Do you ever fight with Stephen over pens and ink? This is from our friend David Brennan. Um, do you, is there any <laughs> uh, knockdown dragouts? Where's my pen? What have you done with it? Where's this ink? It's my favorite ink and it's gone now. What did you do, Aziza? Well, it's not me that gets blamed. I, he, 
sometimes delves into my stash uh-huh. and I'm sitting here this one day and he inks up his he's got a giant opera master and that has a big ink capacity mm-hmm. and I was like oh what ink is that and he's like Sailor Apricot and I was like what oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I, I did I oh my god and then you know I'm like okay okay be reasonable you have several bottles you can share and he's like oh was I not allowed to use it <laughs> oh, and I was like no 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 you can use it <laughs> Oh, it's okay. Oh, that's Pens like the, we can share. It's okay. That's like the perfect answer. That's amazing. But <laughs> I can, ink? I can totally see that happening. Oh, that's perfect. And it, and it's just the apricot. I'm like, you can use any other ink. Right. But, but mm-hmm, right. don't be touching the apricot. Yeah, because that, that was like one third of the bottle to fill that pen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the problem. And he's like, I don't really like it. I was like, are you nuts? Uh-huh. Wow, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's uh-huh. he's fired. We're gonna have to lock that cabinet up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, from Chiroho on Twitter. How long does it take for you to do a review? What's your what's your reviewing like? How do you how do you set things up? Do you you know kind of bulk you know plan? Do you just sit down and do one at a time? How long does it take you? Tell us about that. I I usually take it depend on depending on what I have coming in, and mm-hmm. so it varies. But I think it. I was kind of disturbed when I sat down and, and kind of went through this to realize how much time it takes me to do a review. And I was like, this is where yeah. all my time goes. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's pictures, there's editing the pictures, there's testing the item, uh, written samples. I also do a lot of research on the pen and the company so I can sh- see if I can integrate it into the review. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then um, writing the actual, I, I draft my 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 reviews like on paper mm-hmm. because that's that's what we should be doing sure <laughs> and then sometimes i rewrite portions so in the end for uh, for the average pen like one that's not like my my ultimate pen or something i spend at least eight to ten hours on a review yep which is I, crazy no I, I i can totally see how that happens and i've definitely had ones that take that because you're not sitting down for eight and ten hours in a chunk you're sitting down one or two hours here and there and you don't realize by the end, by the time you hit publish, how much has actually gone into this. And you're like, yeah. what just happened? It's, it's a lot of time. And, and I mean, testing the pen, I, I test them thoroughly. I spend weeks, if I'm allowed to keep it for weeks, yeah. at least weeks. But if it's my own pen, I spend months with it right? before I actually put up a review. So, I mean, eight to ten hours is is like the, the bare minimum, right. I would say. And it, it's scary. And for ink <laughs> reviews, I do the same. I spend... I, I put the ink in all sorts of pens and I test it in all sorts of papers and that so that does not really I mean my ink reviews do not show all the work that goes into it before the actual review goes up right so it's scary yeah well they're very thorough and they're very wonderful so I, I know everyone appreciates uh, all the time that goes into that because it's a lot I hope they're useful I mean it's you know <laughs> otherwise it's just kind of a waste but at least the people enjoy them it's worth it so on that on that note how many pens and inks are are inked at one time like how many pens do you have inked up in kind of in use at once do you think I I would say I probably have about 38 okay. at a given time which is not too bad I mean usually it's like 20 of my own and 10 that are in the review process mm-hmm. um but I think that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> right? Right? Maybe? Yes, Azizi, it's okay. <laughs> we'll allow it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. But Jack, I, I don't know anyone that uses their pens more than you. I mean, I'm always seeing you writing and testing. So, yeah, I can t- I can 
easily see how that happens. What do you, what do you think the total the total pen count of just just you is you, in like decent fountain pens? We're not talking about like every little thing, but like if you said I have X number of fountain pens, what do you think that number is? I think you'd be scared at how reasonable it is. I I think I have about forty pens. Okay, yeah, which is. Yeah, like, I, like ignoring like my like pilot petite one sure. and my parallel, but like real fountain probably definitely no more than forty. Well, that's good, and you also just had a uh, a cleansing by that uh, uh, moon pearl here recently too, and we were able to get rid of some. That was kind of not really a choice, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. I mean, I think for me doing that every now and then is good because uh, I don't want to have too many pens. Right. I want to have fewer pens that I am just like madly in love with. Yep, and I'm okay with that. And how about storage wise? Where do you have any particular storage? So this is a combination of questions uh, here from Phil and Tanya, all in the in the Slack room. Storage pretty pretty straightforward. I mean, with so few pens, I I just use one of those uh, Delta, I think the Marchiaro pouches, mm-hmm. and it's got like the padded thing in between. Yep. And um, and for my currently inked, I put them into Visconti twelve pen pouches because then I don't have to slip them into elastics every single time I use them and take them out yeah so it's just more convenient just to pop it out of the case yeah but uh i i don't have that many anymore which is it's confusing and yeah. nice and i'm not a collector i i'm really a uh, i'm a hardcore user that yeah. sounds crazy if you listen to that out of context no but, but yeah <laughs> I, i'm a user and uh that works for me that that definitely does that's i mean we totally believe in that and i think most people in the community at least you know that are following us reading our blogs are are the same way so that yeah. that that's perfect they can relate <laughs> what uh what about pin shows this is uh who said this is from Cindy she said what about uh pin shows uh, do you uh, you and Steven attend any pin shows in Europe are there plans to make it over to the US to some of the bigger ones like DC things like that what's your what's your pin show status we we do attend the Tilburg Pen Show here. Mm-hmm. It's very close, and uh, there are quite a few pen shows here. But uh, most of them are just one day, like five hours. Gotcha. And so we we haven't invested in like flying over somewhere to go to one of those. We we really would like to attend the DC show. And last year we wanted to go, but I had this. I I was not able to attend, so mm-hmm. we figured, well, if I can't go, there's no point in going. Gotcha. Although he could have, but um. We would. We are aiming for this year. Oh, cool! So we are working towards it, and like as we sell things, it goes into like a DC pen show fund, and let's hope we actually make it there. Nice, nice. <laughs> it well, that would be really awesome. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, yeah, I think everyone would love that, and uh, I think you would love uh, hitting that show. Last year was my first one, and we had a, a super, super great time. So we would love that. And uh, yeah, oh, I would love it. Yeah. Well. Speaking of super great time, this podcast was super great, and it, it was awesome to have you. It was way too long in the making, and we will definitely have to do it again soon. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much for having me on, and you know, we talked about all sorts of things, and it, it was a pleasure. It Not really, pleasure. it genuinely was. This was, a, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it on the episode. This was a wonderful episode, one of my favorites, so I appreciate that. That's fantastic. Tell, uh, tell all our listeners, if they don't already know, where they can find you online. I am GourmetPens.com, and on all social media, I am GourmetPens, so it's easy peasy to remember, and uh, that's 
that's pretty much it. Perfect. And uh, you can find me, you guys know, at penaddict.com. I'm on Twitter at Dowdyism because the guy at Penaddict won't sell me my name. And uh, you can find me on <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Penaddict as well. So thank you, Aziza. Um, thank you, listeners. And uh, we will talk to you all again soon. Say goodbye, Aziza. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you. Bye.